Welcome to your Monday edition of Transformation Radio. This is Matt coming to you from down on the farm. I was asked to give an affirmation a couple days ago, and I know a lot of you guys that's deserving of an affirmation from me. Uh, but I've pondered for the last couple days, and the person that's come to my mind most is you, Mike Brown. I've known you for many years, and I've seen you at your lowest. Uh, I know where you come from, man, and I just want to—I just want you to know that it's an honor and a privilege to be a witness of your transformation. Not only have you transformed yours, but you're helping other men to transform theirs. I appreciate and value our friendship, and I'm excited to be doing life with you. Hey, I love you, buddy.
As we look into the New Testament, today we'll be reading from the book of Acts, chapter 24, verses 1 through 27. How do the unsaved go about opposing the Lord's servants and their work? Tertullus, the lawyer, started with flattery, knowing that many people in high places are susceptible to it. Flattery appeals to our pride. If we did not flatter ourselves, others could not successfully flatter us. Say we really want to believe what they say. Then Tertullus used slander. Napoleon said, He who knows how to flatter also knows how to slander. As his last weapon, the lawyer called on false witnesses who together supported Tertullus's lies about Paul. And yes, they indeed were all lies. Paul's defense was threefold. His life, his faith, and his service to his nation. Although his enemies could not prove their accusations, Paul did not go free. The safest place for Paul was in that prison for God had work for him to do in Rome. The principle for you and me is this. You may not understand why God permits lies to triumph, but leave it all in His hands. He's in control. And the final judgment rests with Him. And with that, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. July 6th. The New Testament, Acts chapter 24, verses 1 through 27. Five days later, Ananias the high priest arrived with some of the Jewish elders and the lawyer Tertullus to present their case against Paul to the governor. When Paul was called in, Tertullus presented the charges against Paul in the following address to the governor. Your Excellency, you have provided a long period of peace for us Jews and with foresight, have enacted reforms for us. For all of this we are very grateful to you, but I don't want to bore you, so please give me your attention for only a moment. We have found this man to be a troublemaker who is constantly stirring up riots among the Jews all over the world. He is the ringleader of the cult known as the Nazarenes. Furthermore, he was trying to desecrate the temple when we arrested him. You can find out the truth of our accusations by examining him yourself. Then the other Jews chimed in, declaring that everything Tertullus said was true. The governor then motioned for Paul to speak. Paul said, I know, sir, that you have been a judge of Jewish affairs for many years, so I gladly present my defense before you. You can quickly discover that I arrived in Jerusalem no more than twelve days ago to worship at the temple. My accusers never found me arguing with anyone in the temple— not stirring up a riot in any synagogue or on the streets of the city. These men cannot prove the things they accuse me of doing. But I admit that I follow the way, which they call a cult. I worship the God of our ancestors, and I firmly believe the Jewish law and everything written in the prophets. I have the same hope in God that these men have, that He will raise both the righteous and the unrighteous. Because of this, I always try to maintain a clear conscience before God and all people. After several years away, I returned to Jerusalem with money to aid my people and to offer sacrifices to God. My accusers saw me in the temple as I was completing a purification ceremony. There was no crowd around me and no rioting. 
But some Jews from the province of Asia were there, and they ought to be here to bring charges if they have anything against me. Ask these men here what crime the Jewish high council found me guilty of. Except for the one time I shouted out, I am on trial before you today because I believe in the resurrection of the dead. At that point Felix, who was quite familiar with the way, adjourned the hearing and said, Wait until Lysias, the garrison commander, arrives. Then I will decide the case. He ordered an officer to keep Paul in custody, but to give him some freedom and allow his friends to visit him and take care of his needs. A few days later, Felix came back with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish. Sending for Paul, they listened as he told them about faith in Christ Jesus. As he reasoned with them about righteousness and self-control, and the coming day of judgment, Felix became frightened. "'Go away for now,' he replied. "'When it is more convenient, I'll call you again.' He also hoped that Paul would bribe him, so he sent for him quite often and talked with him. After two years went by in this way, Felix was succeeded by Porcius Festus, and because Felix wanted to gain favor with the Jewish people, he left Paul in prison. Today we're reading Psalm 4, verses 1 through 8. David wrote this psalm as he was about to retire for the night. He could not do much about the war around him, but he could do something about the war within him. He did not want to lie in bed and worry. So he committed himself and his situation to the Lord. He did that by asking. Asking the Lord for help is still a very good way to deal with inner turmoil. And he believed. He faced his anger honestly and gave it to the Lord. Instead of lying in bed and thinking about your problems, meditate on the Lord and offer Him sacrifices of praise, even in the midst of difficulty, which is actually the very best time. And He received. In the darkness, He saw the face of God and received light. In His sorrow, He discovered the gift of gladness. In the time of battle, He received peace. God did not immediately change the situation, but He did change David, and He can do the same for you. Psalm chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. For the choir director, a psalm of David, to be accompanied by stringed instruments. Answer me when I call to you, O God, who declares me innocent. Free me from my troubles. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. How long will you people ruin my reputation? How long will you make groundless accusations? How long will you continue your lies? Interlude. You can be sure of this. The Lord set apart the godly for himself. The Lord will answer when I call to him. Don't sin by letting anger control you. Think about it overnight and remain silent. Interlude. Offer sacrifices in the right spirit and trust the Lord. Many people say, Who will show us better times? Let your face smile on us, Lord. You have given me greater joy than those who have abundant harvests of grain and new wine. In peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. Proverbs chapter 18 
verses 16 through 18. Giving a gift can open doors. It gives access to important people. The first to speak in court sounds right until the cross-examination begins. Flipping a coin can end arguments. It settles disputes between powerful opponents. Take all of the good and all of the bad, cause all of it's so me. Take all of my ways, the things that I chase, the things that control me. And all that I hide, could you bring it to light? Could you open my eyes and show me? Take all that was me and shape it to be, reflecting you solely. I want to lose myself, lose myself to find you. I want to lose myself, lose myself to find you. I don't care how it sounds, burn it all to the ground. Your kingdom I desire. I want to lose myself, lose myself to find, to find
all your bridges have been burned Feels like you've hit rock bottom Don't give up, it's not the end Open up your heart again When you feel like no one understands and just wanted to give an affirmation to Kenny Bartlett. Uh, Kenny, you're doing great, bud. Uh, way to step up and take leadership role down there in the second phase. And I just want to say thanks, Kenny, for being part of my life and uh, just keep them guys on the right track and be an example for them, bud. Thanks, guys. I'm giving an affirmation to uh, Pastor Doug Shotsky, second phase pastor. Uh, Thanks for uh, for all your help through second phase, all your caring, um, your spiritual guidance through the phase, and uh, the heart of gold. I just uh, appreciate you, and uh, just ask uh, any second phasers need any help. Just just ask Doug. Thanks. 
This is day 17 together of our Daring Faith devotions. Stay faithful when others doubt you. 1 Samuel 17, 47. Let's start with that verse. It says, Everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with the sword and the spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. When God gives you a dream, don't be surprised when people try to hold you back. Sometimes even the people who love you the most. This verse is from the experience of David and Goliath. And David faced four giants before he got to Goliath. They weren't physical giants. They were the giants in his mind. And you're going to face these giants too. The first giant was delay. In David's case, his dad held him back. Even after the prophet Samuel anointed David as king, Jesse told David to get back to tending sheep. No dream is fulfilled instantly. God gives you the dream one day, but he doesn't fulfill it the next day. It might be years before you see the fulfillment of your dream. There's always a waiting period. The second giant was discouragement. Goliath created a climate of fear in Israel. Everybody was convinced that they were going to lose the battle. But David rose up in faith and he said to Goliath, this is the Lord's battle and he will give you to us. Who are you listening to that says it just can't be done? The third giant was disapproval. David's brothers questioned his motives and disapproved of him going after Goliath. When God gives you a dream that other people are afraid of, and you go for it anyway, you're going to be misjudged and maligned and misunderstood. You have to decide what matters more to you, the approval of other people or the approval of God. And the fourth giant was doubt. There's no greater expert on war than King Saul. And he told David that he was crazy for thinking that he could fight a warrior like Goliath. Are you doubting yourself because some expert is telling you that you can't do it, even though God says you can? When you face these four things, delays, discouragement, disapproval, doubt, here's a promise to hold on to. For Samuel 17, 47 again, this is the Lord's battle and he will give you to us. So let's pray together. And Lord, as we pray, it is our prayer that these four things would not control our lives. We don't want to be controlled by delays or discouragement or disapproval or doubt. We want faith to lead the way in our lives. We want faith to make the choice in our lives. We know we can only do that by looking to you. So we look to you right now. Give us the faith to choose to trust in you, even in difficult circumstances. To trust in you, not the doubt, not the delay, not the discouragement, but to trust in you. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.
This is Doug Payne with Refuge. 
Please be praying for the men who will be attending our Monday orientation meeting, which starts at 10 o'clock this morning at the Hilltop Lutheran Church, located at the corner of Broad Street and South Terrace Avenue in Columbus, Ohio. The orientation meeting shares information about our ministry and is open to any man who is struggling with addictions in his life and who desires to break the bondage of these addictions. If you know someone who may be interested, please call our main phone number, 614-991-0131, and we will send you some information about the refuge. You can also get more information by visiting our website at info at menslivesChange.org. Please be praying for the men who will be at our meeting today and for your fellow brothers who have already committed to making positive changes in their lives. Men's lives are being changed. Men are learning God's purpose for their lives and are living it out on a daily basis. It encourages my spirit to see men pursuing God's purpose with passion and courage and to witness the transformation in their lives as they live out Psalm 62.8. Trust in, lean on, have confidence in, and rely on God at all times. Pour out your hearts before Him, because God is our refuge.